Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we gather this day as your people here in this place to worship together, to sing, to praise, and to pray. We ask you again to work in our hearts by your, by your word and by your spirit that we might discern your will ever more faithfully and live it and follow it in our lives. We pray be with us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I got to tell you, sometimes, you know, after going through everything we've been through for the last year, it is so nice, so nice to hear crying babies. I love it. That is music to my ears because it tells me that the church is alive and that the church is growing and that, that life continues uh, uh, in God's people. Uh, this morning, as we take a look at God's Word, we really want to take a look at it in terms of, of His will for our lives and what God is doing. Um, i got to reboot my iPad here, so um, can you move to the first slide, please? And so the big question is often, what is God's will? What is God's will and how does it work for our lives and what would God have us to do for our lives is often uh, the question and we don't even understand sometimes exactly uh, what it all means because we go, uh, I, I'm not sure, Lord, I'm not sure what you would have me to do uh, to to serve you in my life, and we, we struggle with that. I can't tell you how many times somebody will come to me and they'll say, uh, Pastor, um, how can I know God's will for my life? Anybody here ever asked that question of themselves or other people or maybe of me? You don't have to raise your hands. But we think about it. How do we know God's will? Well, our, our text this day um, from the gospel lesson and from others begins to focus at God's will. Uh, first of all, what do we see? That failure to follow God's will puts us into a little bit of, uh, how should we say it, contentious relationship with God. We saw that in our first lesson where in the Garden of Eden, uh, Adam and Eve uh, do not follow God's will, but rather listen to the voice of, of, of the devil, and we can certainly blame him, but, but also somehow what the devil is saying peaks something in their own nature. And they do what they want to do and ignore God, thus plunging all of creation into sin. And that's not always an, an easy thing to think about. Jesus says in our gospel lesson today, whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister and mother. In other words, it puts us into that right relationship with God in his kingdom. And so what is the will of God? Well, first of all, it is that the people would come to the knowledge of truth. Well, that that sounds simple enough. The knowledge of God and, and the truth. 
No. Because you see, in our world, in our culture today, people don't want to hear the truth. They want to redefine truth. Truth no longer in our world is an absolute, is defined by God's word, but it's a, it's a relative thing. And I've talked about this before where people might say, well, that's, that's true for you, Carl, but it's not true for me. We want to reshape the truth. We want to reshape Christianity. I hear it all the time. People who want to somehow reshape our faith to fit the culture and the world rather than understanding that that the faith calls us to be different than the culture and the world, to be set apart, to be God's holy people. But our sin gets in the way. You see, the truth is, is that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us is righteous, not even one. And we might try to extricate ourselves from our own definition of sin, but we get nowhere. We might try to make things right with God, maybe even perhaps apologizing. Can you imagine Adam and Eve after they've finally been exposed and God has said, what have you done? And after they get done with the blame game that we saw there in Genesis, you know, Adam, you know, blaming the woman. Indirectly blaming God because, you know, he made the woman. And a woman turned around and blaming the serpent and again indirectly blaming God because, you know, he's part of creation. But you got to wonder if they got past that at some point, you know, maybe as God is booting them out of the garden, putting that angel with the flaming sword at the entry to the garden there, if Adam's going, Lord, we're we're, we're sorry, we're really, really sorry, we're really, can't you let us go back into the garden? It's kind of nice in there. Sometimes, perhaps, we don't say we're sorry. Our pride gets in the way. And maybe we really don't want that relationship with God repaired because we kind of like life on our own terms. Maybe we battle that sinful nature which, which we struggle with in our own lives and St. Paul reminds us that the good that I would do that I find myself not doing and that which I should not do that I find myself doing. So we just, we just can't do it on our own. Scripture reminds us that the battle, though, doesn't belong to us. Because we don't have the ability to overcome sin. The battle belongs to God. And it's he who fights that battle for us, and he fights that battle by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into our world to die for us. And his life poured out on a cross to wash away the the multitude of our sins. And that brings us back to another truth that we find challenging to understand. And the world certainly doesn't want to hear it. 
I'm not my own. It's not my life. It belongs to God who shaped and who formed me, who knit me together in my mother's womb. It belongs to the, my creator God who loves me so much that in the midst of all of my sin, my inability to fix it all, that he sends his own son, Jesus Christ, into our world to die on a cross. He fights the battle against sin and, and Satan and death itself. And God then declares us his own with his mercy. And he works faith into our hearts and into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, working through that word and creating a new life in us in the waters of holy baptism. Did any of us deserve that? No, not one. That's what we call grace. That God is pouring it out upon us even though we do not deserve it. That God is gifting us in our lives. You might say it in spite of who we are in the ways that we think and, and sometimes live. And that brings us back to doing the will of God. Because you see, as God writes his name on our foreheads and hearts and claims us as his own and brings us into his family, this family of believers that we call church, God puts our feet on a path to focus on him and, and no longer on the world. To understand that we are precious in his sight and that because of what Christ has done, that we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ who lives in us. Our, our hearts have been changed, and reshaped and renewed and given new life. Does that mean that we're going to do everything right? No. But you see, when we have been crucified with Christ, that means that sin and death and devil have no hold on us any longer. And that the world and our culture likewise should have no allure and have no hold. Christ sets the example for us even before he dies on the cross in his prayer in the garden, he reminds us that it's not my way, but yours. Not my will, not how I want to live or not what I want to do, but rather, Lord, what is it that you call me to do? And that brings me back to that original question, how do I know what God's will is? When we pray it, thy will be done, what does that mean? It means exactly that. 
Your will, Lord. And how do we know God's will? Prayer. And be in the word. When people come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what God's will is for my life. My first, my first um, uh, answer to them or, or point to them is, are you praying? Are you in the word? Are you listening? You wouldn't believe how many times people go, well, <laughs> come Lord Jesus, be my guest. We expect somehow for God to just kind of dump it in our laps when we don't even bother searching his word or, or praying or listening. But let me tell you this. For all of you, I do know this, that God's good and perfect will for each and every one of you is that someday you spend eternity in heaven with him. And the second is this, that you live your life in faith and not in fear. That you live your, your life with the mindset of, of how can I serve you, Lord? And that you push aside the world and your own selfish desires. Lord, how can I be more, more Christ-focused in my own life? Lord, how can I, how can I really listen to and, and understand your words in that prayer? Thy will be done. Not mine, Lord but yours. Because you see, whoever does the will of the Lord is my brother, my sister, my mother, my child, my family member. Look around, family, and see each other. To do the will of the Lord is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. To walk by faith in Jesus Christ who died and who rose again. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.